Hello, and welcome to another episode of Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take popular properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming a fanfiction. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tanner, sorry. I don't know why I thought someone else was going to introduce, but we do have a guest here with us today. Yes, we do. Uh, hi, I'm Christina. I was waiting, I was like, do I introduce myself after Lindsay? I was, I was going to do the whole, like, epithets introduction for her. She's the arbiter of OCs and the maiden of the mompocalypse. <laughs> And editor and composer for Crinkle Cross. <laughs> oh, sweet. I'll, I'll note that down for next time. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Th- those Great Lost Library podcasts I still haven't had time to because I spent the last six months of my life catching up on Interstitial. Oh my god. I, that is, that is, it's not next in my list of things to listen to, but it's up there. Yeah, I, I gotta make room for it somehow. See, hmm. you're not making a TV trope page for it, so you don't have to try and analyze the deeper meanings of Amelia Earhart, the airbender. No, I don't. I'm just waiting for Mike Duncan to go on a on his uh, six-week hiatus between the Mexican Revolution and the Russian Revolution. Right. Oh, yeah, because you listen to six-hour podcasts. Okay, Mike Duncan isn't that bad, but Dan Carlin? Oh, <laughs> T- Tanner, when you said the whole Amelia Earhart airbender thing, I feel like I just felt Jake Mason just get like six more gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time the interstitial AP group sits down to record, Jake Wait- Mason just wakes up in a cold sweat. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but anyways, this is not the interstitial actual play fan cast. No, they have they have their own uh, they have their own podcast for that. <laughs> Oh yep. my god. Though so, sometimes I feel like I'm two steps away from making a Hey Jake and Josh fan cast. I mean, we could. We could. We have the technology. I don't know what we talk about, but it but we could. <laughs> this is a show where we take a popular property and re-reboot it or sequelize it or adapt it, whatever have you. And because we have our wonderful guest Christina here today, the ball is in her court and she has brought something for us. We don't even knew what, because she gave us a multiple choice exam for her hint. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> sorry for sorry for giving you academic anxiety, um, but I ended up going with the webcomic, which I think I pitched to you, Tanner. Did you pass it on to Lindsay? I did pass it on to Lindsay. I okay, don't cool. think you mentioned it was a webcomic, though. Oh, it, uh, it, that's because it's actually not a webcomic, and I misspoke. Okay. It is, it is a comic, uh, and the for the listeners, it is... A comic that has a that has a great concept, but terrible everything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna drop you guys a link in the chat to the cover for this comic, um, because this is a comic uh, called Wild Siders, and that's with a Z at the end. It's with a Z. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna let y'all look at this image. <laughs> I'm having a lot of emotions looking at this. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So I'm. I will probably like post a picture of it or something whenever this episode goes up. But this is a comic. Um, the concept of which I can pretty much describe as Gem and the Holograms meets Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can throw a few other inspirations in here because. Yeah. It also does look like as what Maximum Ride is, as far as I can tell. Oh Jesus, I'm I'm not I'm not touching that with the ten foot pole. <laughs> I read those books. The Maximum Ride has uh, people with wings, and there is a girl with some big old holographic bird wings here. Yes, yeah. I will go through. I'll go through the characters in a second. Um, but essentially, this comic. It's called this comic is again called Wild Siders with a Z because it came out in two thousand and five, the year of our Lord two zero zero five. And poor literacy is cool. <laughs> a good vintage yes. for comics. <laughs> yes, a great vintage for comics. Um, this came out in two thousand and five 
only the year 2005. It had like a like an issue zero that was literally just like character bios and some like uncolored inks from the comic. And then it had an issue one and it had an issue two. And it got a solicit for, for, like, the third issue, as in, like, they were going to print it, they made a cover design for it, and then it just got, like, it just stopped. It never officially got cancelled. <laughs> no one has ever said why it stopped being produced. <laughs> but I think we will probably be able to uh, figure out some of the reasons why. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Um, I... I just, just to double check, uh, y'all swear rule is yes, correct? Yes, we are a oh, cussing yes. podcast. Okay, um, because my, I, I had notes that I, I have notes that I took for this, and uh, my notes just say the most two thousands ass series ever, <laughs> <laughs> because it is. Uh, for those of you who are uh, maybe not, I'm, I would say I'm only vaguely into comics. I tend to read a lot more web comics than actual comics. Um, but this is written by Andy Hartnell, and uh, the art is by J. Scott Campbell, and I'm putting most of the blame on the two of them. Um, uh, Ed- uh, Edgar Delgado did the colors for it, and he did a very good job. So, kudos to him. It is a very um, colorful comic. It is a yeah, very colorful yeah. comic, and which is fitting for this concept, so, like, good on him. <laughs> um, I think it's important to note for context that uh, this artist-writer team had a previous, and it might even still be ongoing, series called Danger Girl, which was through, I think, DC, and it might have some stuff ongoing right now with, like, an Army of Darkness crossover. I'm not 100% certain, but for the stuff, uh, essentially, Danger Girl is Indiana Jones, but with more girls and boob jokes. It looks- I just googled it, and it does look like a sexier Totally Spies. Yeah. 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 Um, it's still going. It, it is still going. Last year was um, their twentieth anniversary. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm part of. Also, I'm going to address this right off the bat. Part of the controversy with this author um, is that he, not the author, with the artist uh, J. Scott Campbell, is that he still does like he still does art for stuff. And he recently did a he recently did a variant cover for Ironheart, the new superhero um, with Marvel, where it's a black girl who's now the ironclad superhero. Okay, I'm already dreading this. She's a teen genius. Yeah, she's a teen genius, and his cover got pulled because uh, it was too sexualized because she is 16 and she does he does not draw any teenagers at any oh, of the appropriate boy. ages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Side note, um, this is a good this is a good example of what uh, I saw people call Campbell torso, <laughs> which is where there's just a lot of torso, and it's not a very good decision. So uh, from what I from what I saw when I was finding this image, everyone got like everyone, including him, got real well. He got real salty about it being pulled and didn't understand why. And it's like it's because she's sixteen. <laughs> Yeah, dude, stop so, being gross. Yeah. I love a girl with a vacuum-sealed tank, a vacuum-sealed halter top. Yes. And a three-foot-long torso. Yes. Tanner, I literally have in my notes, because I have a section here with art complaints, because um, for those of you who haven't heard me on other podcasts before, I'm an artist by profession. And so I have a section for art complaints. One of them is literally vacuum-sealed orange boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it's just that's that's what that's what it looks like, and it's not a good look. Yeah. Also, and just in general, that's not how clothing works. No, no, it's not. It's not. And like, he also like only like the only women in the comic have like well not there there are several women in the comic to be fair, but all of them have on either extremely short like skirts or extremely short like hot pants. <laughs> All of them. Even the doctor who is a paraplegic and has to use a wheelchair. <sighs> yep. He can only draw one body type of women, and he can draw multiple body types of men, but only one kind of woman, and it is the wasp-waisted uh, person with legs for days. That's like the opposite of all of those like manga artists nowadays who can like draw all sorts of girls, but they've only got one archetype for guys. Yep. 
<sighs> I've already been Tanner massages temples, and we're only like five minutes into the recording. <laughs> this went. I'm this sorry, went buddy. from manic face to glee to abject terror. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do need to. So we have not even moved on from the cover of this. I do need to describe this. We will post images on our Instagram of this. Yeah. But let me describe the characters. We have a blonde girl in her blue halter top with holographic angel wings coming out. That's pretty mundane. Mm-hmm. There is a, what I'm pretty sure is Latina girl on here as well, who I'm really worried that she's going to be extremely stereotypical once we get into the comic itself. Um, she, I don't think they actually have any like specific ethnicities. I, she's not like coded as Latina or anything. So it might just be she's more tan than the others. Yeah, they they all look uh, the to to borrow a phrase from the great Lindsay Ellis. They all look like an aethnic mush of unparalleled hotness. <laughs> yeah. So there's a chick with like a holographic lion hand and a lion tail. Um, there is a guy in the background who looks like he's got the scouter from Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. We have a dude on the bottom who has a, like a velociraptor superimposed on top of him and is just mm-hmm. giving me flashbacks to the show Dino Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like I need to add this onto the list of things that need to be rebooted because that's a mess itself. <laughs> Put it on your list. I'm putting yeah. it on the list. And in the background, we have a guy who I look at him, and his animal features are not holograms. They're, like, baked in. And he's just reminding me of the police officer from Zootopia. Like, the big cheetah guy. Yeah. Um, fun fact, that character is apparently based on Chris Farley, who is an actor and stand-up comedian. He was on Saturday Night Live for a while. I had no idea who he was before I was doing my research for this episode. Yeah, he, he did the Chippendale skit with Patrick Swayze. Okay. Okay. Um, good to know. I think. I'm, I'm gonna have to look it up as an obligatory fan of Dirty Dancing and all that. You don't know the Chippendale sketch? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm introducing people to the SNL Chippendale sketch. I'll look it up after we get done with the recording. I don't know if it that? actually holds up, but it is like a classic that is like... When people mention Chris Farley, that's immediately what they, like, reference. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, that's the cover. Or actually, no, that's not even the cover. Uh, no, wait, yes, that is the cover for number one. I figure it might be easiest if I recap, kind of like, if I recap all, all two and a half issues of this comic that came out before we <laughs> yes, get to actually it. rebooting yes, it. Yes, Feed okay. us to, feed it to us. I, I will do my best. Uh, hope you've taken your meds because this is not going to go down easy. <laughs> um, okay, so this the issue zero they have for this comic, like there's literally nothing that advances the plot in it. It's pretty much just like I said. It's it's like it's like just inked panels of the comic and then character bios with like turnarounds and like a little bit about the technology and stuff that they use, which I'll talk about in a bit. But also because it was two thousand and five. This comic, in the middle of it, had an ad for Batman as an association with the Got Milk campaign. Oh, my God. <laughs> this comic's gonna make me, like, quantum leap back into <laughs> seventh grade. No, Tanner, don't. Oh, God. I can hear the Avril Lavigne right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, here, I can send you the. I can send you guys the link to one of the spreads from this issue zero, um, that has the character bios of the cheerleader girl with the cat powers and the and the running guy with the velociraptor powers. Oh, cheetah girl is named Cat. Yes, she is. So on the. <sighs> yes. Wait until I get to the rest of the names. <laughs> She's sixteen and her butt is showing. Great. Yep, everyone's six- all the teens are 16, and none of them look it. It looks like the guys are covered head to toe. Yep. Guess what? The girls aren't! Nope. <sighs> well, because yeah, t- you don't need to- you don't need a bare skin for Velociraptor powers, but you got it for cat. 
Yeah, I, I, I like, like I said, I cannot defend this art aside from the coloring because the coloring is very good, and like the special hologram effects, those are also done well. But like the rest of it, I cannot defend, and I will not defend it. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's enough. There's enough terror on your faces. I think I should actually try and explain some of this. <laughs> Okay, so the actual first issue starts off everyone's favorite cinematic trope in media res. Okay. It's it's them in their superhero costumes, and I will send you a link to them in their superhero costumes. Um, it's them in their superhero costumes fighting like holographic chimera monsters at a football game. Which are and these chimera monsters, I feel I should note, are being projected from, like, floating robotic brains. Well, you know what? There's probably been weirder in other comics, so, yeah. It gets weirder. They just kind of, like, they fight things until uh, the until the guy that Tanner described as having the Dragon Ball Z scouter um, gets knocked out of the sky, and then that character literally says, how did I get myself into this mess? And then, and then the panel is overcut with like, with like an electrical impulse that then says pause. Oh my God. And then they, they flash back to three weeks ago. They literally did like a record scratch. Boy, how'd I get myself into this situation? You might as well have had the guy turn, break the fourth wall and go, you might be wondering how I got myself into this. Yes, that's, they, they almost exactly did that. And I'm just like, this is just not, a, it's not a good comic. I feel I also should explain that I own issues zero and one of this comic. <laughs> They're at my parents' house because I bought them when I was in high school, I think. And I was like, hey, this looks fun. You're his yeah. biggest fan. Maybe. <laughs> Um, also then I, but because they're at my parents' house still, I had to go online and download them, by which I mean save PDFs from my internet browser off of an incredibly, incredibly sketchy, uh, comics reading website, because this was this was published through an imprint of DC called, like, Wildstorm, which is no oh, longer boy. in use. <laughs> I, I think so, they're like, bringing it back, actually. Okay. Maybe, may, if they bring it back, I'm willing to bet they probably won't bring this back. <laughs> Yeah, probably not. Um, unless unless they come to us and say, "Hey, we want you to fix our property." Hey, DC, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna mail this podcast directly to Jeff Johns. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it. Um, but yeah, so three weeks ago, we get to start with like we start this flashback with again everyone's other favorite cinematic trope, which is the hero oversleeping and being woken up by his alarm <laughs> and running out with a piece of toast in his mouth. Actually, no, not toast in his mouth, um, because this character's name is this guy, this guy again, like the like the scouter, the scouter bug guy. Yeah. Uh, his name is Derek Styler. Oh, he's the he's the skater boy. Yes, he's <laughs> the main character. He's the skater boy. He has purple spiky hair. Um, his three favorite things are inventing science shit, bugs. And being rebellious. <laughs> um, he, he has an internship at what is called the New Hope Institute, which is where he apparently sleeps so he can get more work in, instead of, you know, at his house with his parents. No parents are ever shown in this, in the two and a half issues of this comic. And he, his, for breakfast, Lindsay, he doesn't have toast. He has off-brand Mountain Dew, which he then dunks a Twinkie in. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Criminy! I can just feel everyone's cholesterol levels going up. <laughs> oh, my teeth hurt thinking about this. My liver is yeah. just like, F you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh... But thank thankfully there is there is at least one person in this comic with a modicum of common sense, and that's his mentor. Her name is Dr. Mira Martin. She's the token everything. <laughs> oh, no. oh, great. Yeah, she's uh, she's the token she's the token female mentor. Mm -hmm. She's the token women in STEM. Yeah, she's the token woman of color. She's the token differently abled person because, like I said earlier, she's paraplegic. Uh, and she's also Derek's mentor slash mother figure because, like I said, there's no parents here. 
And given that she's apparently drawn in a very sexy manner, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some hot for teacher vibes too. Thankfully, not. They didn't get Thankfully, far that's enough. The, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, they didn't get far enough to do that. Um, but she's the one who, even though she is, like I said, in a wheelchair, she is still wearing like, like hot, like hot pants and like a mini skirt to cover it with. Yeah, it's it's just, it's not great. Um, nope. No, uh, yeah. no OSHA requirements there. No, nope. pe- no PPE. Nope, nothing. Um, nope. <laughs> With what I'm going to tell you that this that this like science industry like like science lab gets up to, there's no way they have anything resembling any kind of regulations. <laughs> no. Um, and she also has a tragic backstory that only gets explained in the issue zero because again, two and a half issues. Yeah. Like she and Derek talk for a bit about like, oh how like, oh hey, like I need your research for the presentation I'm gonna give today to the people who will give us money for the grant. And again, because it's two thousand and five, he hands her his information for this presentation on a CD <laughs> that he bur- that he burned for her last night. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, those good old yes. days. And and then when he realizes he's late for school, he grabs a skateboard because he is the skater boy. He jumps out of what is at least a second story window, grinds down a couple of handrails, and then skateboards to the point where he's able to jump off of a bridge and onto the roof of the bus that he missed, which he then proceeds to ride for the last two blocks until he gets to school. <laughs> And Blink-182 is playing the entire time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Blink-182 are a simple plan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I remember doing something like that in, like, Avalanche 1080. <laughs> okay. I was concerned for a second you were going to say, I remember doing something like that back when I was 14, and I was going to be like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but in video games, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could have seen Extreme Teen Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> oh boy, but yes. Um, of course, because again, two thousand and five. Once, uh, the the comic keeps referring to him as Styler, but I'm going to call him Derek because it feels a lot more like a Derek than a Styler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, once he gets to school, he gets to have his angsty teen monologue about how teens, like teens, are so weird. Everything is a everything is a click, and like everything's an animal kingdom. And you've got the preps and the jocks and the nerds. And as he says this, we get introduced to three of the other teens, uh, who get literally introduced with like a freeze frame, like a duotone image. And then their associated trope. <laughs> yes. Oh, these teeth. Yes. Yes. He likes to just have, uh, J. Scott Campbell just likes to have real big teeth. Why isn't his animal power the woodchuck? <laughs> the beaver. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Um, okay. So in this, like, in this, like, enter the school montage, we get introduced to, like, three of the other five main teens. There's Kat, who is the sexy cheerleader one. Yeah, her name is Kat. Guess what her animal power is? She's the sexy cheerleader, who, of course, Derek has a crush on, but can't say anything because he's a nerd, and and cheerleaders don't like nerds. Because I'm just a teenage dirtbag baby. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He is a teenage dirtbag. Completely, <laughs> completely unironically, he is. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> yeah. There, there, there's actually two redeemable characters in this, and neither one of them are neither one of them are uh, guys. So, um, we also get to meet Zach, who has a who, as is in the image that I sent you, he's the hunk. <laughs> he's in the, quotation he's, marks. Yes, he's the football player. He has very big teeth. There's a lot of teeth in that smile. And he's like the peacekeeper and stuff. And of course, Derek hates him because he's dating Kat. Oh my god. The teen yeah. drama begins. Yes. I don't even think Twilight was out at the time. Yeah. And then the last teen we meet is a guy whose full name I have to mention here. His full name is William Boom. Like, B-O-O-M-E. But he goes by Bam. So his name is Bam Boom. 
He's essentially the he's the dumb muscle and the comedy relief <laughs> and like the best friend to the other football player. Oh my god. And like okay. like to the listeners like I'm saying just like these extremely like short and concise descriptions because that's all that they're developed. We'd never get any hints that there being like more to them. <laughs> yeah. Basically, just take every baseline archetypical character from a teen comedy, and you got all of them. Yep, yep. Yeah, I get. Which is again like why I was comparing this to like they someone watched Power Rangers before they made this comic because they were like, "Hey, we we like the idea of the five teens with superpowers." Only because again, two and a half issues, or maybe it's terrible writing. They never have any hint at getting developed like the Power Rangers did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone heard of Power Rangers. <laughs> yes, he heard of Power Rangers. I don't think he ever watched any of it because I feel like he's probably like 40 or something now, so he would not have been in the ideal demographic to watch it as it was coming out. Yeah. Power Rangers isn't sexy enough. Kimberly and no. Trini don't wear any short shorts. This is unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they totally weren't in 90s California outfits and roller skating all the time. Mm-hmm. So many overalls. That was a yeah. 90s thing, though. It was. Uh, and bad sweaters and yeah. the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw it all on Billy so we can't see how fucking yoked he is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, David Yost to the body of a god. <laughs> but he played the nerd, so he can't have a buff nerd. Nope. Not allowed. Absolutely not. Everyone, every, every teen has to only have one dimension to them. <laughs> yeah. Though, okay, younger teens are pretty one-dimensional. Now that I think about it. I'll allow that. Yeah. But like high schoolers, they need to have at least two dimensions to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, middle schoolers, no, no, you will be a character archetype. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean high school, <laughs> from what I remember, ten years ago. <laughs> we're not quite there yet, Tanner. Well we're all, we're only one year away, Lindsay. I know, and there probably is somebody planning that. You hear the Grim Reaper knocking on the door, but <laughs> When we were in high school, there were cliques, but they weren't, like, the jocks and the cheerleaders or whatever. It was, like, everyone was their own individual Power Rangers team. <laughs> yeah, well, we went to a fairly chill school anyway. Yeah, we contained multitudes. It was, like, weirdly small-townish school in a city? Like, when you think about it? Because, like, I remember some of the guys in... At least my homeroom, they actually took like the first two weeks of school off so that they could help bring in the harvest. Out of curiosity, what was your like, what was the total population of your high school? Oh. If you remember. I think we just cracked a thousand. Yeah. Mine was like, mine was like 2,000. (laughs) Well, our city wasn't that big. Yeah. And we weren't in a big neighborhood. And we also had to compete with the Catholic school next door to us. Yes. I apologize on behalf of Catholics. <laughs> they seem pretty chill. Except they didn't know how to fucking cross the street. That's true. I have run almost run over so many kids from that school. <laughs> I can't help them with that. <laughs> Even our driving instructor was like, yeah, extra points if you hit one of them. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, we don't have to talk about high school memories anymore because we got these fake no. these fake high schoolers we yeah, can focus on. Yeah. Who don't have to deal with acne and just weird puberty-ness. And... No, of course not. I don't not. know. I, I think those teeth might have been the result of some weird puberty. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like early wisdom teeth? Those aren't in the front. <laughs> All his wisdom teeth just came in the front. Might have like pushed his teeth forward so they're actually a lot more Britishy than Yikes. they should be. I I don't like that concept, so I'm going to move on because I don't <laughs> like thinking about like I I already had my wisdom teeth out. I want I don't want to think about them ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. 
So we still got one more. Oh, no, wait. Before we get to meet the... No, we'll talk about it now. The last teen that we meet is uh, is Derek's best friend. This is Bird Girl. Her name is Jess. Her tropes are that she's the girl next door. Oh. And she's she's also she's also like good at science like Derek is, but she's either but she's more reliable at it. She's not as much into creating science. So that means she's of course a less competent scientist. Oh. And of course because she's the girl next door, she of course has to have an unrequited crush on him that he doesn't know about. Oh. <laughs> Lindsay oh just God. collapsed. <laughs> Lindsay just collapsed away from the frame and because I think I broke her. I know exactly this trope. Yeah. Yeah. So to recap, yeah. we have Betty, Archie, Jughead, Veronica, and Reggie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So if anything, the people who created this have probably read more Archie comics than seen Power Rangers. Maybe. Back to the to the events of the Wild Ciders comic, uh, it's Dr. Martin giving a presentation at her grant meeting where essentially it's like pitching technology and stuff, and the technology that she's there to present is something that is called the Wild Ciders technology. Mm-hmm. The gist of which is you you t- you scan a three D object. Obviously, since it's the Wild Ciders, they use pretty much animals, mm-hmm. yeah. except for the Velociraptor. But I'll get to that. But they get to, but they scan a 3D object, which they then like scale and map it to fit over a human body, um, which they refer to as like it's being created with a nearly indestructible energy field or holographics shell. And that's holographics with an X at the end because 2005. Yeah. That's um, the scientific term. Yeah, it's the scientific term because they make the science. Um, and then the pilot or the user of it, like moves the limb or the, or the appendage or whatever with essentially like by reading bioelectric impulses in like the user's limbs, which is like, like, that's a really neat concept, especially when it gets used the way that we first see it in the comic, which is, uh, with Dr. Martin being able to walk. Oh, awesome. Cool. Among other things, which is like, that's really great. And also they mentioned that these are weightless and nearly indestructible. So it's like, then how are you generating it? So it provides disabled people with ways to make the world more accessible to them while also looking like a velociraptor. That is a win-win scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, at least they they were supposed to be using it for, to be specifically to help out people who are differently abled, but they end up just going the superhero route instead. And also, again, I'd like to remind everyone that because this is 2005, this technology is powered by what are essentially CD players, computer suits, and CDs, which you have to burn with the appropriate information. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, But anyway, so Dr. Martin's at this conference... And she doesn't get a chance to give a presentation because her other, I guess, opposing, oppo- like opposing, her rival interview into yeah her rival her rival is there to show off his stuff and his name is and I'm gonna need you to brace yourselves here for a second, Doctor Tiberius Spider, <laughs> spelled spelled T Y B E R I O U S S P Y. D-R-E. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me a villain right now. Give me the eye patch. Give yes. me a cat to pet. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't have he doesn't have an eye patch, sadly, but he, he looks I, I don't I couldn't find a picture of him. I'll have to send it to you guys after we record, but he is just He's everything. He's got like he's got like the goatee of like evilness yes. and like the receding hairline with like a swept back hair and like the extremely fitted like red suit. Oh. <laughs> he should have the Imperial March playing after him. Yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get real with you here. Uh, the t- the technology that he's pitching at this grant like this grant appeal is that he makes like. Like defense robots. Mm-hmm. His defense yes. robots are shaped like spiders and have lots of guns in them. <laughs> Gotta stay on brand. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And 
Of course, because it's a comic, one of his robots goes insane, and Dr. Martin has to tear off her miniskirt, activate her hologram legs, and use kung fu to destroy this spider. (laughs) Oh my god. I mean, that actually does sound kind of rad. It is, except for the fact that, like, um, like, like, the group of the investors is this, like, very clearly, like, he pulled from all of the big finance people that he could think of. Mm. So it's, you know, like, like a random person who looks like they're from the, from the Middle East, someone who's vaguely Asian, and, like, the Texas guy and the giant Stetson. <sighs> and after Dr. Martin destroys this robot, like, we're treated to a nice, lovely, like, like, she's standing victorious shot, and then, like, everyone else you can see, like, from, like, behind her and, like, through the legs and stuff. And, like, directly behind her is, like, the cowboy guy. And he's like, oh, boy, I got my big cowboy hat. And I'm I'm amazed. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Were these guys, like, also watching Austin Powers and James Bond while they were creating this? Because, oh, God. Uh, Probably. Part of me wants to find out what their process was like, and part of me doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think yeah. we can just chalk it up to um, men should stop writing comics for a little bit. Yes. Yes. Mm. Specifically, how about how about uh, cis white guys stop writing comics for a bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it seems like most of the cis white guys who get tapped to write comics still have the mentality of 14-year-old boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Speaking of the mentality of 14-year-old boys... <laughs> We get to cut, at this point they cut back to high school, where Derek is pining slash lusting over Kat, and he's doing this by watching them at cheerleading practice while the football players are also practicing on the field. And Jess comes by because she's a good person. She's a capital G, good person. (laughs) And goes over to arrange, like... She she tries to get him an introduction with, like, the football team so he'll be cool and he can talk to Kat. And then, of course, you know, everyone is like, oh, no, like, the nerd can't play. And he's like, but what if I can? And so they have to have a, they have to have an obstacle course race between him and Zach. And, like, it's not directly stated, but the, it feels like the prize is kind of, like, Kat's attention. So that's real great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah women are yeah. just meant to look pretty yeah and then derek cheats because he's got he's got his portable walkman for this technology (laughs) and so he like i guess he also has like like a cd case like um like one of those like multi-cd cases in his pockets because he then uses the powers of different bugs that he scanned including at one point like a grasshopper to like jump over like the tires and like a millipede to go under the rails which is really weird yeah because he just like grows a whole bunch of like millipede legs along his front and it's not very good no 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 nope and then the final thing is he uses some kind of like beetle morph to like crawl along the rungs of like a set of monkey bars and so he wins and everyone is Everyone's rejoicing and like, oh, hey, how'd you do that? And then we finally get to see the five teens assembled. And at that point, he's like, hey, what if we all did stuff with this technology? Oh, so they knew that he was using the technology? Yes, because these holograms, like, they can make these holograms invisible, but he didn't specifically because he wanted to show off. Okay, so he so he really was just like, every few minutes is going, hang on, I gotta change my mixtape. Essentially, yes. Oh my god. Like, I want to go, that's not how obstacle courses work. You don't have enough time for that. But, like, this is a comic written by... This is clearly wish fulfillment. So much wish yes. fulfillment. Like, it's it's incredibly wish fulfillment. The nerd gets to win an athletic feat against his opponent, who then no longer holds any ill will against him, and now they're all friends. Uh, and he gets to have the sexy cheerleader looking at him with interest. Yeah, yeah. And Cat is wearing basically a bikini. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what what was Good Girl's name again? Jess. I like that even though she's wearing more clothing, so that you can tell that she's the good girl. They also still managed to find a way to have her bare hips exposed. 
Yeah, like, yes. I know that hip huggers were popular at the time, but that would not have passed dress code. No. No. Though, in, in the interest of fairness, I will say that the outfit Zach is wearing also leaves very little to the imagination. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, that's also, that's also his, like, post-workout athletic gear. So it's not necessarily supposed to be, like, covering. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. There, there's one more There's one more full issue of this, which I'm kind of going to give the best highlights of so we can talk about rebooting it. <laughs> um, essentially, the second issue, um, Derek, uh, Derek gets, he does some work with, like, getting, oh, also, the first issue ends with a shot of, like, a First Nations gardener, like, looking at them from on top of a hill and just being, like, very ominous about it, like, like, fringe vest and everything. God, I love a ill-advised, what's probably going to be something about spirit animals plot. Yeah, magical Native Americans. I felt like it was going to be more along the lines of, like, like, using the powers of the earth kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you're not using, you're not using, like, nature for good kind of thing. They're not using nature at all. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, they're using um, technology. They're using holograms. Yeah, just more implications about magical fairy Native American people. Yeah, that's not great. No. Again, like I said, I'm not here to necessarily defend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're here to um, roast it. Yes, yes. And the roasting continues because episode two starts off with Derek talking to his holographic Siri that he has named Pixel, who appears as a fairy in a bikini. Oh. Yes, I couldn't find a high enough quality picture to send along, but it but it real bad. Hey, <laughs> and listen. He like, hey, listen. No, it's like, it's like, hey, listen. Oh. Hey, because, of course, sexy bikini. And, like, he tells this AI of his how he doesn't really want to be friends with anyone except for Jess, and he wants to, you know, he wants to, you know, get with Kat, but he doesn't care about anyone else because they're just guinea pigs to him. Oh my god. He can't be friends with the guys because that's gay. Yeah. No. Um, And it, like, pulls out and it shows that like he's not in his like normal like bedroom computer lab. He's in a computer lab that's in the basement of a wildlife sanctuary under the Science and Research Institute, where they literally just have like, hey, there's a whole gorilla sitting in a stereotypical cartoon cage with just bars, oh. and no other, and like, and like, and across the way is a across the way is like a cheetah or a jaguar in another cage with just bars on it. Oh, this is so bad. And then it's revealed that, like, this is the animal sanctuary that Jess apparently helps run to rehabilitate animals. That is underground. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that kitty eats his face. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, And then, like, like, the other teens show up and it's like, oh, this is when they're going to get their superpowers. And Jess explicitly says that they were trying to go with an animal theme. Which Zach, the football guy, then ruins because he really wants to be a velociraptor. And so he has Derek hack into a special effects studio and steal their, like, renderings of a velociraptor. (laughs) (laughs) I am not shitting you, this happened. And I'm guessing that it's like the Hollywood hacking, so it's just like type, 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 it's not even shown on screen. Uh, he I, did it off screen. I mean, that's better than what I thought it was going to do when you said hack, and I immediately thought, oh god, he's gonna hack the DNA. No, no, no. Thankfully there's no DNA mixing involved in this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, they 3D scan a whole bunch of animals, so like, Jess gets her eagle powers, and... And bam, boom, because that is the muscle guy's name, gets his gorilla powers after he calls a gorilla the king of the jungle. Okay. Because we have to show he's dumb. Yeah. And like, and so they get their powers and they immediately start abusing them. Awesome. Like, it cuts to the next day at school and like, everyone's made their holograms invisible and Kat's using her cat powers to be really good at balancing when she's doing like cheerleading stuff. Fair and, enough. Like and 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 Bam and Zach use their powers 
to cheat in a football game and win the football game. Okay, not fair enough. No, no. And then, like, on their way back or whatever, after this big football game that they all went to, um, like, Derek actually accidentally like runs into someone and it's this girl who literally looks like she looks like mavis dracula's daughter from trans from like hotel transylvania (laughs) (laughs) she looks like that but 2005 oh my god so she's hot topic goth yes she's hot topic goth so she's enemy darkness dementia raven way (laughs) no she's she's not quite that bad tanner she's not quite that bad um she's very much so hot topic prep goth (laughs) Um, but uh, <laughs> she was but multi-classing. They, they, yeah, I guess she was multi-classing. Um, but they like they they like oh like I dropped all my CDs and like of course they end up switching so she ends up with the master disc of the technology. Oh my god! And yeah, and then the evil finance people try to buy out the technology from Doctor Martin because they want to do they want to do military with it and she says no. Yep. And then Dr. Spider says, again, Dr. Tiberius Spider says, yeah, sure. And then he sends a spider droid to go and attack Styler and, or Derek, not Styler, Derek. You have to earn the name Styler. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Martin. And they end up smashing the spider, but they're like, the only way for us to keep this from getting into the wrong hands is to destroy all our research. Oh. Which I guess they do, but then it cuts to Dr. Spider's house where uh, his daughter Emily puts on the CD of his that she accidentally picked up from Derek, and her CD player starts sprouting bug legs. <laughs> oh my god. And, and he comes to check on what's happening with his daughter because she's terrified. At this CD player with bug legs, yeah. and he's and he's just like everything is going to go according to plan. I'm pretty sure this was a totally spies episode. <laughs> Maybe that, the totally spies episode is probably more original than this comic. Yeah, because <laughs> also. Um, I've I've thought of two other things that this thing cribs from. They're definitely taking some animorphs inspiration. Yes, and also. If we re- reverse this, it's also reminding me of Wildcrats. Oh, okay. Oh, you're probably. I'm not really. I'm not really familiar with Wildcrats, except their touring show came to the came to my college's theater when I was in college, yeah. and I worked the one one of their shows yeah because they like you know us you know a zaboomafu yeah yes yeah yeah so their follow-up to that was an, is an animated show on pbs where they download like they download creature information onto discs and then put them in their suits to gain creature power I can only imagine the parents who had to explain to like their four or five year old what a cd was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this comic is Dark Timeline Wildcrats. <laughs> yes, extremely dark timeline. But yeah, so that's essentially what happened in the two and a half published issues that this comic got. Thank God. <laughs> yes, thank God indeed. So, Christina, how are we going to fix this? <laughs> okay, um my fixing is I have a couple of different like options for how it could get fixed. Okay. Like my first option was to was to keep it as a comic because I feel like it'd be a really it, it could still be a good comic. Oh, yeah. Like comic books would could still be an acceptable medium for it. Or take it into take it into like an animated TV show. Yeah. Because you could do a whole lot there with like I feel like it'd be really cool to have like the characters and stuff be like 2D animated but then have like the holograms be 3D animated. Oh, that would oh, yeah. be cool. This is me speaking as someone who's never done anything more advanced than keyframes. <laughs> so I don't know how it actually would work, but I feel like that'd be a really neat visual look for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love mashing animation styles together. Like that was my favorite thing about Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, bless Spider-Verse. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. But yeah, like the the point of the point of animation should be to push the medium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like melding those two styles would be really cool. It would be a really cool approach to take with it. My other idea, well, I guess the second step in this is hire a new writer 
and a new artist. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, ideally, who are not cishet white dudes, and uh, who will make sure that the main characters all look their, the age they're supposed to look, and they have age-appropriate clothing that doesn't that isn't vacuum sealed on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so once those issues are put aside, um, all things considered, like the five teens have, there's like there's a good foundation for them, and new things can be built on those foundations once you raise what was there before. Yeah. Yes. So like the pitch I had for Derek was that like he's still going to be the tech nerd mm-hmm. but that either he goes really like clinical and like isolationist with his work like really invested in his work and he has to like then learn how to you know like be a part of a team and stuff yeah. or that he's still skilled at technology but that he has doubts about his skills like he's not entirely self-confident and he needs to gain that self-confidence mm-hmm. okay yeah just Gets to be more independent of Derek. Yes. Yeah. She's not just the girl next door anymore. She can serve as a much more vocal moral center to the team. Because, like, notably, she's the only one who doesn't, like, use her her new animal powers to cheat on anything. Yeah. Maybe just take that entire thing out. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of... Well, having it in, like, one episode for them to learn from would be good. But not as, like, the first thing they do is cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, Bam gets to actually have a brain. <laughs> um, the arcs that I was coming up with for him would have been either him like learning the price of recklessness. Okay. Like that you can't just go in and smash everything and eat a whole bunch of food and and just think everything through like blindly. Like you have like yeah. like you can't always be reckless. Or the other one I had for him was that he has to learn to, like, stop being in Zack's shadow. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, like become his own person, like, find his own path, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those would be good. Zack, since he's very much so, like, the surface boy, golden golden boy, that kind of a thing, yeah. um, he needs to, like, I feel like a good arc for him would be, like, learning that, like, there's, that, like, everyone, like, no one is ever, like, 100% what they appear and that, like, get to show those different parts of himself. Yeah, as well. Like, I feel like that'd be a really good like kind of like have him be the heart for the team. Yeah, like go from a fairly black and white mentality to a more nuanced mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which also would be fun because again, he's the velociraptor. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly the most cuddly of the animals, but you know what, it's whatever. And um, teenagers do have a problem with black and white thinking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. Um Cat would get to be either she'd either get to be more manipulative and then learn the error of her ways, or uh, she could be like just as much of a I really want to be a social climber, but I'm just really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> because like there there's something that doesn't get used as much in media where the main characters are teenagers and that is that teenagers are almost never as good as at things as they think they are yeah. oh for sure you're not as smart as you think you are you haven't figured things out and i'm yes. speaking to 15 year old Lindsay. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, I could visualize 15 year old Lindsay just like oh you can't tell me what to do Oh, there was an I'm not like the other girls phase. All because I read Pride and Prejudice at 13. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, di- I didn't read Pride and Prejudice until after... I think it was after I was in high school, actually. Yeah. But I also had a I'm not a girly girl oh, phase. Yeah. So I feel, you, I feel you on that, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, the last like character arc I had adjusting was that... Dr. Tiberius Spider. I, I, like, every time I have his name written down in my notes, I have it fully capitalized and spelled out. Because <laughs> you can't, you can't Kane, like... Hero of the Imperium. <laughs> yes. Um, his character either needs to be, like, less creepy, but just as cartoonishly evil. Um, or he also could get, like, maybe some more realistic motivations besides, you know, money. But also, not all villains need to be redeemed in their media. So, yeah. like, he can still be bad, just 
either make him more realistic or make him extremely cartoonish about it. Yeah, I I feel like we should not miss out on our chance to have a character named Dr. Tiberius Spider. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Something I was thinking about near the beginning when you mentioned that the technology was originally meant to be used for people with disabilities is that Mm -hmm. maybe several members of the team could have disabilities as well. So perhaps one of the characters is blind and their like go-to animal power is a bat and then they use echolocation Mm -hmm. or maybe, or conversely, maybe a character is deaf. And so they use like a bird of prey morph that not morph, (laughs) that's that's not animorphs. But they use a bird. I gotcha, of, I gotcha. They use the bird of prey mixtape to get really good eye <laughs> yeah. vision, and so then that can yeah. kind of make up for some of the stuff or help them uh, help make the world more accessible for them. I think that'd be a really fun tack to take, but I don't want I don't want this reboot that we're not actually making yet <laughs> to get too much into like the use superpowers to help heal every possible thing that could be wrong with your body. Yeah, because. Well, it's, it, it's a thing of, like, it's not physically changing them. It is, like, it would be referred to in the same way as, like, people would use a wheelchair or uh, mm-hmm. a cane or whatnot. It's just flashier. It's more truly, truly, truly outrageous. Yeah. Um, that's actually kind of ties into one thing that I wanted to, uh, that I wanted to, like, work on slash address with this, which was that... Ideally, like, this would be set in, you know, like, the modern times, like, the, like, the almost 2020s. I really want their suits to be connected to the technology with CDs, just because it's, it's just because it's, it's, it's so obsolete and quirky that the idea of teenagers having to find CDs that they can use to power their suits would be, it'd be a really fun thing. (laughs) Yeah, like, this was some sort of, um, early tech that was made like back in the 2000s got lost scattered whatever because of Dr. Tiberius Spider. Yes. Yeah, that that'd be a really cool thing to do. Like maybe he maybe someone was doing this and then he buried the research and then someone found it again when they were looking for a research project to do. Ooh, or maybe if we're 20 minutes into the future, we could say that like like the technology started out as maybe a military thing and then they were able to transfer it to just use it as an accessibility tool. So it is very much common for people to use. It's just not as flashy and like animal based. It's just normal stuff to help them like, access um, the world. Like exoskeletons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an exoskeleton yeah. or like a special kind of HUD that can help with interpreting stuff. Mm-hmm. So then, the, and the original stuff was destroyed, except there's like the six prototype discs that can still download animal powers. And so that just by default makes them stronger. And then you've got their five main people, but then you have, like, your sixth ranger person who's, like, bat-themed. And then it'll turn out that that's the spider daughter. Yeah. And she's using it both to, like, fight against them or on her own terms, but also is using it for the accessibility because it comes with the echolocation. Cool. Yeah, that could that could definitely work. Um, The note that I had in here was, like, I think it'd be really cool to work on, like, the concept of, like, do we keep this technology that can be used for such good things private, or do we go public with it, even though it could then be used for, like, evil things? Yeah. Like, I really like the idea of, like, like open source superheroics. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, or, like, like you have, like, you can only, like, really use it for specifically, like, the superheroics on the hard CDs, but, like, you could... You could use, like, a smaller emitter or something for just, like, the accessibility stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe even, like, if we're going to be setting it 20 seconds in the future, like, hey, like, if you can't fund your scientific institute, crowdfund it. And also because they have, their identities are pretty much public facing. Yeah. So it's like, hey, like, the student, like, everyone knows who these kids are. So, like, help fund their good science instead of the bad science. From Dr. Spider. <laughs> yes. Also, you probably, since it's 20, since this is the year of our Lord 2019, you could probably make the evil financiers like Tom Cook and Jeff Bezos. Oh, for sure. Which would also be really fun. Like, then it's also going up against tech giants and taking on the tech giants, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be really good, but you gotta just raise it and start from the foundation. (laughs) Yep. 
with more interesting characters and more interesting plot, probably, than what they had intended. Yes, and keep Dr. Tiberius Spider. Yes. So the, the last few things, um, we forgot to do this last week, Lindsay, or for the last episode. Who's our bicon of the week Ooh, in this new work? I almost want to say the mentor doctor. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. She also, I think, essentially looks like Halle Berry. Ooh. Oh, so yeah. sounds good to me. All right. And is there anything else we want to add to Wild Siders? <laughs> Wild Ciders with two Z's. Yes. <laughs> the extra Z stands for extreme. Yep. With modern teens used to iPhones and all that who have to go hunting around for this ancient technology called CDs. Mm-hmm. Being someone who plans on working in the archiving world, uh, the preservation of uh, digital hardware, it's, um, it's rather lackluster. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. LAC, get your horse on that. I feel like it's a thing that needs to be explained off mic. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a thing called the digital dark age. I might have an episode just about that at some oh, point. Boy. Yeah. It's not good. No, I can't imagine it is. Nope. Anything with dark age in it, 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 it immediately scares people. Yeah. Usually for good reason. Yeah. Uh, um... But yeah, I think we've created something pretty cool today. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, Christina, would you like to be found on the internet? Yes, I would very much like to be found on the internet in certain places. <laughs> <laughs> the certain places are, um, if you want to get in touch with me, um, the best method is probably my Twitter, which is at SeawoodsArt. Uh, I have my own podcast. It is the Home for Weaver Those Seas. Uh, Tanner's been on it. And we just kind of talk about original characters, um, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And when is this, when is this episode going to come out? Um, let me check my spreadsheet. <laughs> There's literally a spreadsheet for everything. I swear, Tanner, I'm just going to get you like a gift card to like the Microsoft Office suite. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm preferring Google Sheets right now. I don't blame you. It works across multiple platforms. <laughs> this will come out on the 17th of February. Okay. Uh, when this episode comes out, um, it will my anniversary episode for Wayward will have just dropped because I've been doing it now for a year, Yay. which is really fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll be on there. And hopefully in a couple of weeks, uh, you also will be able to hear uh, myself and my friend Emmeline Morris on our new podcast, uh, which is going to be called Faithful. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about like portrayals of faith in like popular culture and stuff. Oh, cool! Oh, cool! And yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, at the time of recording, we recorded our first episode last night, and we talked about Merle High Church from the Adventure Zone. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> cool. It's very good. Yeah, and I, I guess that's it. Um, those are the only podcasts that I'm still actively a part of, and I don't. I I am very I am very blessed in that I have a job that I'm able to support myself with, so I don't have like a Ko-Fi or a Patreon or anything. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah. All right, Lindsay, how about you? Um, I'm at Lindsay M four seven six on Twitter, and you can get to my other social media bullshits uh, from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-C-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and it is pronounced NIRIF! <laughs> and you can find this podcast on Instagram at Not If I Reboot You First, all one word. The hashtag is also the same as the Twitter handle without the pod. Though you could add the pod, actually. Let's diversify. We'll, we'll look in both. Yep. <laughs> um, and you, of course, you can also email us at notifyrebootyourfirst at gmail.com if you want to send us your comics. Your co yeah, send us some comics. <laughs> S send us scans of Wild Siders. Jesus. <laughs> the secret third issue. <laughs> go read Go read webcomics. They're a lot more diverse. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, yes. Um... Send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, suggestions for future reboots that will add to our ever-growing lists. I just passed 69 possibilities the other day. Nice. Nice. 
uh, if you want to be a guest on here, like the wonderful Christina or Jake from last week, then you can give us a shout on any of our social media platforms. We'll try and find a time for you. We are fairly flexible when it comes to stuff, although we might, I mean, I have a spreadsheet, so if we have to schedule six months in ahead, we can. It's not impossible. And the, what's the thing? Rate and review. The thing yes. I keep saying, forgetting to say, if you rate and review us on your podcast thing you listen to, which right now is just Apple Podcasts, that is nice. It helps with the algorithm. Yes, however, I have no idea how, I mean, all I know about the YouTube algorithm is that it's chaotic evil. I don't even know how the podcast algorithm works. That's an enigma. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It is an arbitrary and cruel god. Yeah, so mm-hmm. in which case, just leave us a review and then tell your friends that you reviewed us, and that also they should listen to us. Yeah, so, anyway, uh, do you uh, want to know what the hint for my next episode is going to be? <laughs> I do want to know the hint for next episode that we had to delay from last episode. (laughs) (laughs) And insert that clip. Next week, we are going to be covering a show about a RCMP officer who came to Chicago on the trail of the killer of their father. And for reasons that don't need exploring at this juncture, have decided to remain attached as a liaison officer with the Canadian consulate. I feel like this is the show I should know. I've talked about it a bit. All right. Well, I guess we'll be finding out next week. (laughs) It is super, super Canadian. (laughs) Oh, good. We weren't Canadian enough this episode. We got to ramp it up. (laughs) (laughs) You set the bar real high in this one. Drench it in maple syrup. Yep. Oh, we are just going to do that? So we're also going to have the Phantom Jake voice? Why not? Okay. Sounds good. So in that case, thank you for being on, Christina. Yeah, thanks. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you both for having me on. I enjoyed. Thank you for letting me uh, rant about this webcomic, not this webcomic, this actual physical comic that was published for a hot second in 2005. <laughs> it, it was a product of its time. It was a product of its time. Doesn't mean it couldn't be fixed, though. Yeah, because certain things don't age well. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Oh. Um, all right. So in that case, I guess we'll see you all later. Bye. 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 I think 2005 was when Under Armour started to become a thing. So Yeah, I feel like that sounds about right. Yeah. So I'm not surprised all the more athletic guys at my two high schools all had Under Armour. And I used Under Armour too. I played soccer. That was great. I think my hoodie's Under Armour. I don't remember. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah like they actually do make quality stuff. They do. <laughs> Under Armour, yeah. please sponsor us. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Hey, Under Armour, sponsor my friends. (laughs) Give them money.